Thank you for listening to All for Animals. We are a growing podcast. And if you're having as much fun as we are, please follow and like us on social media. You can find us at All for Animals Pod on Facebook and All for Animals Podcast on Instagram. We'll see you there. What's poppin' pet people? Thanks for joining us again for another episode today. I'm your host, Peter. And I'm your host, Rachel. And And this this is is All for Animals. All righty. Well, we are coming to you today with a very fun educational episode um, in light of my hedgy babies headed to their new families (laughs) this week. Um, So wanted to do a little um, spiel about hedgehog care in general, Um, you know, anywhere from diet to handling to caging and all that good stuff. And I think this will be a really nice tool for those considering a hedgehog in the future. So we're getting Hedgehog Care 101, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So we're going to cover as much as we can in this episode. Of course, if you do have questions that are not specifically covered in this episode, you are able to reach out anytime to me. Or if you need a source for a breeder in your area, you can always visit the NAHHI. That's the North American Hedgehog Herd Initials Organization. Um, And that website caters to us pedigreed hedgehog breeders by state and by rank, whether you're USDA or a hobby scale breeder like myself. Now, Peter, can you explain the benefit of and, and, and even just like what a pedigree would mean for our listeners so that they understand why that's such a great thing that you're doing? Absolutely. So, um, There will be an episode in the future covering more um, on the breeding itself. You know, the nice thing about breeding with pedigrees is a pedigree is lineage tracking, right? So it it gives us a better idea of what we're breeding, a better opportunity to breed out bad genetics um, and illnesses and things like that. So like a family tree. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, basically just knowing the lineage, knowing what you're breeding, if, you know, we feel like that lineage isn't good or that, you know, later on, you know, three generations back, all of a sudden this hedgehog has wobbly hedgehog syndrome, then we know that line's no longer good and we can focus on better lines and better genetics and um, it kind of helps us breed away illness. More of that at a later date, kind of want to do a breeder specific episode Um, But this will be more generalized care um, and leading into the pedigree discussion. Peter's Exotic Creations, much like any um, pedigreed breeder, does offer um, health guarantees um, and lifetime warranties. So I have a lifetime health warranty against wobbly hedgehog syndrome, a six-month congenital health disease guarantee. You can learn a little bit more about that information on my website. But again, um, breeding with pedigrees is always great when it comes to guaranteeing the health of an animal. So outlining hedgehog care in general. As far as food, um, there are a lot of diets on the market that are specifically hedgehog, uh, marketed for hedgehogs, and unfortunately most all of them are not good. Um, there, is yeah. a new, <laughs> there is a newer food on the market. Um, it's called hedgehog precision. Um, the ingredients are good. It's, um, and like I said, it's a relatively new diet, so um, there is some things to figure out um, about the diet. The size of the kibble itself is real, real nice. It's perfect for a munchy little hedgehog mouth. Sure. (laughs) So that, and there is another hedgehog-specific diet, Spike, that um, I'm not opposed to feeding either. I don't myself. I prefer to do a a cat cat food blend, much like most breeders. But if you do decide that a hedgehog 
specific diet is for you, just about the only good ones are Spike and this newer Hedgehog Precision. So can you tell us why the most like specifically marketed hedgehog foods are actually a very bad idea? Yes, absolutely. Um, I actually do have the list of ingredients on a few bags pulled up here that we'll get into. Um, but essentially, most hedgehog food is created as if a hedgehog were a rodent, right? So yeah. <laughs> uh, mouse, rat, hamster, things of that nature. Um, hedgehogs are actually not rodents. Um, they are omnivores. They do require um, a higher level of protein than you know smaller prey animals like a hamster. Sure. In addition, they will eat. They will eat meat. They will eat bugs. They will eat even pinky mice, eggs, um, you know, these higher sources of meat-based protein. So um, a lot of these hedgehog diets we see just aren't compatible in the slightest with with what we want to be feeding our hedgies. So um, I have a, a brand of hedgehog food pulled up here, and I want to read off the first three ingredients here. Wheat bran, poultry meal, soy protein concentrate and then it goes on with fish meal shrimp meal i don't even see freeze-dried mealworms which you know most people know aren't the greatest yeah so obviously this is not anything that i would want to feed my hedgehog i would almost say this is lower grade than the whole mcdonald's comparison if you if you guys know what I'm talking about in regards to oh, feeding low quality diets, yeah. how it's related to fast If you only food. lived off of McDonald's. Exactly. Exactly. And this, I feel like, is even lower grade than that. Here is another, oh, wow. here is another hedgehog specific food. Um, again, we start with the wheat bran, the poultry meal, soy protein concentrate. Again, you know, our first, our first ingredients, we want them to be a, a meat, not a byproduct, which we'll get into that, Rachel, <laughs> but we want them to be an actual meat. Um, you can choose to feed fish-based protein. We do not here at Peter's Exotic Creations simply because it does make their poo stink a little, a little more. And um, if we can avoid the fish, we do. Um, though things like salmon are very good for their quills um, and the oils on their skin. All right. And then here's the most popular food that I see um, purchased and fed to hedgehogs. It's a hedgehog-specific diet. And the, the first ingredient is blood meal. Ew! The second being, yes, <laughs> the second being soybean meal, um, ground corn, corn gluten meal, meal roasted soybeans. I mean, we, we don't even have a meat-based protein in the first yeah. five, six, seven, eight, nine. I don't even think there's one on here. And again, this is just not what our hedgehogs want to eat. It's not... It's not going to keep them healthy. No, it is not. Not at all. I also want to read this. This is read verbatim on the back of the packaging, and I do want to debunk this as well because it's absolutely not true. Oh. Hedgehogs can be stubborn. If your pet is struggling to adjust to a new diet, withhold all other food for five consecutive days. Your pet will eventually be hungry enough to try new diet if they are not distracted by other options. Okay, <laughs> this could not be more That wrong. sounds extraordinarily dangerous. <laughs> yes, this is extremely dangerous. This is not how we switch over hedgehog food or any food like that. Yeah, you know, for any pet five days ever. is a long time. So this is actually covered in my hedgehog care guide that I sent home with my hedgy families. Let me read my statement verbatim on my care guide. Please note, if you choose to switch diet, make sure the adjustment is slow. A good way to do so is mixing the current diet in with the new diet at different ratios over a period of three weeks. 
So, meaning 75% current diet to 25% new diet for one week. Then you do 50-50 current to new for a week. Then you go down to 25 current diet to 75% new diet for the final week before switching completely over into the new diet. Now you're speaking my language. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. So all of this takes time. And also that adjustment period also works really great for if you're switching cat litter. Um, Just a little FYI, getting off topic there. But a lot of animals don't do well with quick change. I'm a human that doesn't really do well with quick change. So (laughs) Sing it. Me too. Yes. So... um, so, you know, slow and steady wins the race. I get hedgehogs that they don't eat the first few days getting here or going home with their new family. Um, and typically um, by that third day, you know, we need to kind of consider other options. I never really get to that point. Typically they won't eat the first day or two and then they've kind of adjusted in. But you don't want to move your hedgehog and offer them a brand new diet because that's a lot of change going on. And that can be pretty intense to these little guys. Um, yeah, you know, they're the sensitive little, little dudes. Exactly. <laughs> and the world's so big to them. So actually, the first piece of literature on my hedgehog guide is quality cat food only. No hedgehog specific foods. Which at some point I probably should update and add that spike and hedgehog precision are okay options. Of course, this was made before hedgehog precision and needs some updating. Protein percents want to fall at about 30 to 35 percent, um, where your fat percents want to be between 9 and 16 percent. I would say about 14 percent is more ideal. Oh, okay. Those are really good specific numbers. Absolutely. The first listed ingredients should always be a meat-based protein source, not byproducts or vegetables or grains. I feel like this one's pretty obvious. However, because you know the general public looks at these guys as more of a rodent, um, sometimes that can get lost in translation. So yes, these guys are omnivores. They are meat eaters, um, and you know that that protein percent really needs to be where it's at with a meat-based protein. Like I said earlier, fish is fine. However, it will make their poo stink a little bit more. <laughs> Additionally, hedgehogs are very prone to obesity, even if you do offer exercise, which of course we will get into what kind of wheel we need for our hedgies and what other kind of um, stimuli we need for our hedgies to keep them happy. I I don't free feed unless they've been bred. My girls have been bred or, of course, are nursing. They can eat whenever they want. No food restriction, of course. Sure. So hedgehogs only eat about a pound to a pound and a half of food a month. So avoid buying more than, I'd say, about six, six months, nine pounds of food at a time. Eventually, the food's just going to go stale and your hedgehog won't eat it. Yeah. Um, an adult hedgehog should be fed about one to one and a half tablespoons of food a day. That's Keep so in mind, tiny. <laughs> yes, yes. There's some, I mean, you think about, you know, how, how little their stomach would be. Um, sure. I, have, I use um, another, I guess, another form of measurement. I use a 20cc scoop. Okay. Um, that's, that's what the label says. And I have some of my smaller males of smaller lineage. They never feed, you know, there's always a few pieces of kibble they won't finish. Okay. To preface, hedgehogs are nocturnal. So keep in mind, our evening is their morning. So typically I feed, you know, everyone gets their scoop around 7 PM every evening so that when they wake up, they can eat and then drink and then go exercise on their wheel. Eat, drink, and be merry, if you will. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Now, while we're on the topic of food guidelines, um, those rodent bottles or the rabbit ferret bottles with the little marble, the little ball on the tip of the Uh 
So those are not good for a hedgehog's anatomy. I had a hedgie break her tooth. I was going to um, say, they're not good for insiders. ferrets either. <laughs> yeah, and their tongues can get stuck in them. I recommend the poultry feeders. I had talked with a breeder, a larger USDA breeder, and I think um, before she had switched to the same poultry feeders I now use, she had said that about 50 of her hedgehogs um, that were using the rodent bottles did not have their upper incisors. So if it doesn't break them right away, that ball constantly chronically hitting their teeth yeah. every time they go get a drink of water is going to wither them away. Well, and for ferrets, the problem with those two, in addition to breaking teeth, is that they need so much water that they have to sit there and and drink at the bottles for a lot longer than if they have like a gravity fed, like, like you were just saying, the poultry feeder, or I'm sorry, the poultry waterer, or just a bowl of just a food water. Bowl. And food bowls yeah. are fine too. Yep. So I do tell people, um, you know, I do require the poultry feeder unless you do choose to use a bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, Godiva breaking her tooth is a $400 emergency surgery. It's Eesh. not worth it. You pay the $10 no. for the the poultry feeder. It'll save you a little in the, in the long run. And of course, well, and you those know, are easier want... to clean than, than those nasty bottles anyway. Oh, absolutely. They fill from the top. They don't hold, you know, based on suction. They don't leak as much. Yeah, and they're they're easier to get replacement parts for should things go wrong, which they hardly ever do. So in that, falling back to you know, kind of watching how much your hedgehog is eating, we do we can do treats. So every so often, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to overdo it. And you know, good options for treats would be cooked or boiled chicken. Of course, no salt, no seasoning. Mealworms are great. Meat-based baby foods can be good. Scrambled, hard-boiled eggs, even, you know, frozen or live pinky mice. I stay away from crickets. Hedgehogs have very poor eyesight. They're also not very fast, so typically the crickets are just too much work for them. Gotcha. You can feed the cockroaches. They're okay with them. Their favorite are definitely the superworms or the mealworms. And again, give these very, very conservatively so that we are watching our hedgies weight. Um, and also, for those that choose to weigh their hedgehogs, obviously these guys are still prey animals um, and they will hide illness. So I weigh my hedgehogs every Monday to ensure that No one's hiding illness. Typically, by the time a hedgie starts expressing other symptoms of illness, it's too late. A good weight for a hedgehog is anywhere from 300 to 350 grams, though I do have bigger lines that they're not necessarily overweight. And that's for the adults, right? That's for an adult. Exactly. So I do have some that are of larger lineage that kind of push more to the 400 range, but typically between three and 350 is, is a good weight for your hedgie. I don't have any sources on me, but there are there are sources out there that will give you a good visual for if your hedgehog is overweight, underweight, or just right. And um, I will, We can link one in the show notes. I was going to say, I'll do some digging and we can put some in the show notes for everybody. Now, can you tell people what kind of scale they can use to weigh their, their little hedgies? Sure. Obviously, a food scale is going to be your best bet. That's what I choose. Something that weighs in grams. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you could do hedgies in ounces, but I feel like grams is a bit more accurate and a bit more easy to manage. Sure. Also, um, some good recommended diets um, as far as cat kibble um, that you know you're welcome to feed your hedgie. Um, typically, I recommend mixing at least two or three of these. Um, you know, obviously watch your protein and your fat percents, all that good stuff. So I choose to feed the From Yellow, which is the chicken a la veg recipe. 
Um, it's a great. So fancy. Yes, it's a good. Framza great. Everyone knows Framza. Been around for a while. They're a family-owned company, um, and they are great. Addition to that, I feed the Rachel Ray um, natural chicken and brown rice. That is a dark green packaging. Okay. And I, I do a blend of those right at about 50-50. So why is it that you blend the foods? Is it oh, just so to they, get some more variety? Yeah, and, and that, and you can kind of play with your proteins a little bit more. Okay. But I like the quality of the ingredients in the from, and I like the versatility of flavor and palatability within the um, the Rachel Ray. So some breeders choose to mix even more foods than that. That's when it kind of gets complex for me, at least. I've you know nutrition's never been my strong suit. <laughs> so um, a few other good options for you would be uh, Merrick the Perfect Bistro, Wholehearted which is a Petco-specific brand. Solid gold fit is a fiddle. Um, you know, just good good quality cat kibble. Alrighty, so moving away from um, diet and nutrition, now let's talk about caging requirements. Um, so a cage minimum for a hedgie is 576 square inches of unbroken floor space. What I mean by that is not... 576 square inches uh, between two levels. Um, hedgehogs are clumsy and they have poor eyesight. It's <laughs> best that we have a single level cage um, for them just, you know, to make sure that they don't take take a tumble. Of course, bigger is always better. Additionally, I stay away from wire, rabbit, or rodent cages. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, hedgehogs are clumsy, but... Some of them get a little brave and try to do some climbing. Um, and then we run the risk of, you know, legs getting snagged and, you know, broken bones. Um, I've seen videos of, that. yes, of hedgehogs getting stuck in between the bars. Um, the best cage I have found, this is very, very hedgehog breeder specific. I don't know that there's a breeder that I've ever talked to that doesn't recommend large Sterilite storage totes. Um, there is a 200 quart, aka 50 gallon quart okay. <laughs> um, storage tote. You can get them at Menards. Walmart has them. They're clear. Some of them even come with wheels. Additionally, around the holiday time, those big tree storage totes that are nice and long, wonderful. Mm, okay, um, yeah. So those are lightweight, easy to clean. Um, the plastic holds heat a lot better. Obviously, these guys have to stay warm, which we'll get into that. Sure. You know, a 40-gallon breeder tank is a good size. However, tanks generally oh, don't hold tank? heat. Yes, yes, an aquarium. Okay. They typically don't hold heat as well as we'd like, um, and the ventilation isn't as good. The nice thing about hedgies being clumsy is... Um, the tote doesn't really need a lid. Typically those that make a lid, it's to keep your dog or your cat or another animal or a small <laughs> child out. Yeah. And what, what you can do to make a, what do they call it? A mesh lid. Um, what you'll do mm -hmm. is take an X-Acto knife or a hot knife um, or a box cutter and actually cut out like a panel on the top lid if you would mm -hmm. um, and then drill some holes and take some wire mesh cut it to size and zip tie it in there there are if you google how to make a bin cage lid 
There are multiple YouTube videos that are wonderful out there, as well as Google image references. And talking with just about any breeder, they can find you um, a good source on kind of how to do a DIY bin cage is, is the term we typically use. And again, bin cages are great because they hold heat better. Um, although hedgies are warm-blooded, they need to stay warm as if they do not, they will attempt hibernation, which can be very, very scary and um, ultimately fatal. So typically, I recommend a heat lamp with a ceramic heat emitter. Let me say that one more time. Okay. A ceramic heat emitter. Um, a lot of people don't know what those are. It is a bulb that only emits heat, no light. We stay away from any sort of red light, black light, or daylight for hedgies. If you do choose to have an artificial light during the day, you know, on your hedgies cage, just make sure that that's not a, its heat source as well. Okay. A lot of the times, hedgies, the, the red light will confuse them. We start to see issues of them not eating, attempting hibernation. Oh. So the ceramic heat emitter is there to create the heat um, without any light attached to the heat source. Okay, good to know. Yep, that's a very important thing to preface. Um, you know, the one thing about hedgies, their care is relatively easy. Um, however, you know, the big thing we push is keeping them warm. Um, so just a ceramic heat emitter as well as a 10-inch dome light for reptiles, chicks, you know, baby chickens, things like that. So I'm curious, in your go-home packet, do you tell people about what they can usually expect to spend on the other things that their hedgie is going to need besides the hedgie themselves? It's not written in writing. Um, generally, I tell folks that you're going to spend anywhere from typically getting the hedgehogs the most expensive part, mm -hmm. anywhere from typically cost of the animal. Um, their cage should run you anywhere from two to 300 all in. And that, you know, of course, that includes everything start to finish. Um, a lot of these products you can get on Amazon for cheaper. Um, the ceramic heat emitters, I know um, in the stores in my area, it's about $15 per bulb. Okay. On Amazon, Amazon sells a two-pack of the 150-watt ceramic heat bulb, which is more specifically what you're going to want. You can use the smaller wattage, the 100-watt, um, but the way we heat enclosures for hedgies, the 150-watt makes a little more sense. Okay. Let's talk about that. So hedgies obviously will regulate. I always tell people, make sure just to heat one half of the enclosure. Typically, yeah. we want to heat the side of the enclosure that they sleep on. We don't want to heat the the side of the cage that their wheels on obviously that's just gonna they're just gonna get too hot when they're in their exercise um, they will regulate if they get too cold they will move to the warmer side of the enclosure and vice versa um, but we do want to make sure there's a heat source there a no light heat source to ensure ensure they have a heat source to get to if they are feeling a little chilly accompanied by your heat source you're going to want your your lamp hooked up to a digital thermostat to make sure we're not getting too hot yeah and this can all be monitored by having a digital thermometer in the enclosure to keep an eye on what the temperature of your enclosure is in the winter i notice a lot more uh, heat fluctuation um, in my hedgehog room so sure so as far as a wheel there are what we call Carolina Storm bucket wheels, and these are found on Etsy. They're typically made by breeders for the general public. 
and they are wonderful. They are pretty much hedgehog specific. Um, well, they not hedgehog specific, but made to cater to hedgehogs specifically. Okay. Um, I see people with uh, short-tailed possums and sugar gliders use these same wheels as well. They are extremely quiet, easy to clean, and they are durable. I tell people the hedgehog wheels that I recommend, the Carolina Storms, are kind of expensive. Um, I think after shipping, they're right around $40, $50. They should last your hedgie's entire life. Um, if taken care of properly and you know built correctly, they are an extremely durable wheel. Additionally, you can use the KT Comfort wheel um, that we find at Petco PetSmart. You want the giant size, so we want our hedgies to have a 12-inch wheel or larger. We stay away from wire mesh wheels, the tilted saucer wheel. The There is another wheel by KT that we want to avoid, the KT Silent Spinner. Well, I do like KT as a brand. This wheel has, it's a two-part assembled wheel, and the seam is right in the middle of the wheel, and I've seen it happen oh, over and okay. over and over where a toe or a toenail gets stuck sure. um, and we're breaking off toes and limbs. So, and then additionally, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> absolutely. Additionally, um, the exotic nutrition silent runner is a great wheel for sugar gliders or STOs, but the way that they get in and out urine and feces can't properly drain. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was always a problem with tumbles. He always pooped on his wheel. <laughs> yes, hedgehogs will poop on their wheels. So that's why I always recommend the Carolina Storm bucket wheel because it's just so easy to clean and you're going to be cleaning your hedgehog wheel about once a week. So we want a, a hedgehog wheel that isn't closed off in the front where it's just easy access for them to get in and out with proper draining if they do have an accident on their wheel. Generally, they do go potty on there. Wheel in nature, hedgehogs. I was going to say, with tumbles, it was more like an on purpose than an accident. <laughs> yeah. Yes. In nature, hedgehogs go potty while walking. So, you know, obviously that trait transpires over to um, okay. captive and pet hedgies. So I always tell people it might be nice to put a litter tray underneath your wheel as well to kind of catch what falls. Sure. As far as, as, far as toys... I see people use PVC or other kind of tunnels. Catnip toys are a great source as long as they, you know, are the fabric toys that kind of hold the catnip in. We don't just want to be pouring straight catnip into our hedgehog's enclosures. Is it unsafe for them? Well, I, I would say so. I worry about their sniffers huffing it up and it getting stuck in their airways. Oh, okay, um, gotcha. Yeah, so we want it to be contained. The little flakes need to be contained. We can also do Dixie cups or toilet paper tubes. Just make sure we're cutting <laughs> the toilet paper tubes. They will stick their nose in them and they're and run around with the toilet paper rolls on their heads. It's super cute, but can be super dangerous if we don't cut those, those toilet paper rolls to ensure that they don't get stuck. Yeah. Of course. Lastly, a food dish. Um, typically just something, a shallow bowl for them to get in and out of easily for their kibble. And just, I, I prefer ceramic. Plastic's fine too. If we are feeding live bugs, just make sure we're not putting the live bugs in the same bowl as the kibble bowl, if that makes sense. Make sure we have two Why different bowls that? to separate um, so that the bugs don't soil the oh oh ew okay <laughs> yeah if we're Good putting point. live yeah so um just sanitary issues there are other good cages out there 
um, the Critter Nation, the Midwest Guinea Pig Cage, Homemade Bin Cage, you know, 50 gallons or greater, um, homemade CNC cages in rabbit cages with half inch bar spacing or less. And let me preface, all of these cages I've just listed with bar space will need the first five to six inches covered with some sort of durable shield so that they cannot climb. You can use chloroplast to line it. You can use oh, um, okay. cardboard, um, things like that. And again, there are sources. If you Google how to make a CNC cage, um, those cages are wonderful. Um, and what always, does CNC stand for? The CNC cages are these little modular build cages. They actually are like shelving units that you basically lay them down on their back essentially and build them accordingly. And then you line the inside with um, chloroplast and zip ties to ensure they're not trying to climb through the wire bars. And then of course, let's talk about grooming needs. Woohoo! Yes. Hedgehogs have grooming needs much like any other animal. <laughs> These guys do not groom themselves in nature at all. They will need a bath. I'd say about every six, six to eight weeks is what I'd recommend. We don't want to be overbathing our hedgie so that we're stripping oil because then they'll become dry, flaky, and itchy. Sure. The Aveeno Baby Creamy Wash is what you're going to use for your little hedgie's baths. Really? Gonna, yes. Yes. <laughs> So you want to fill your sink with some lukewarm water, about two inches. Um, I see videos all the time of hedgies swimming. Hedgies don't like to swim. They they don't yeah, like they water sources. Yeah, they always so panicked. Yes. So make sure that there's just that they can stand comfortably, um, and then you're going to dilute the Aveeno a couple pumps into the sink. You don't want to put it directly on your hedgie, and you will scrub the quills and feet with a toothbrush. Some of my hedgy customers use um, those uh, pulsating, like the, the, oh, electric, the electric toothbrushes. toothbrushes. Yeah, as like a little pedicure <laughs> on their feet. Um, and That's of course, adorable. you want to. Yes. So it just, I'm sure that would knock the poo out of their nails and all that good <laughs> stuff. Um, and then, of course, we just want to towel dry, make sure we rinse them thoroughly, get all the soap out of them, dry, towel dry thoroughly. And then, um, as far as nails, Nails on hedgies are relatively easy for a small animal. They don't hold pigment, so we can always see the blood source as well as That's awesome. they grow. Hedgie nails grow like human nails where they hollow out. Oh, okay. So you just take off the hollow part of the nail. Easy enough. And a good way to do this is with infant nail, like human infant nail clippers um, or even the cuticle clippers so long as they have a recoil spring in there. So obviously... Works a little better okay. for the trimming of the nails. Additionally, um, I do want to. I can't. This is a good visual that I can't show you guys over an automated podcast. We can link it in the show notes. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. If you guys Google hedgehog body language, and of course we'll put this in the show notes. Jenna Perlick, um, owner of Prickle Pack Hedgehogs up in the Chicago Land area, wonderful, wonderful breeder, great friend. She, along with an animal trainer and an artist, had came up with a hedgehog body language visual. And it has little cartoonized hedgies in different, you know, acting different behaviors. Um, and it describes the behavior and how they're feeling. Um, it's a great, great source for people that are getting used to hedgies. They're new to hedgies and they need to learn how to speak hedgy. I always tell my hedgy customers, pin this sheet up 
you know, in an area available to your eyes while you're handling your hedgy. And that way, while you're interacting with your hedgy, you can look up at this body language source and be like, okay, my hedgehog is telling me this, or this is how my hedgehog's feeling right now. Um, and it really just jumpstarts, you know, learning hedgehog behavior for newer people. Obviously, you know, someone like myself owned hedgehogs for eight years. I just know it as second skin. Um, and this is just a beautiful, wonderful, amazing source created by our friends up at Prickle Pack to kind of help expedite the process. Wonderful. Obviously, we've covered a lot today. Um, I will say there's a lot of information out there about hedgies. There's also a lot of in, uh, misinformation out there about hedgies. Um, the best way to find the best information is to speak with a reputable breeder. Again, you can locate a breeder on the, the North American Hedgehog Herd Initials Organization website. That's a great source to find a breeder in your state or in your area um, that has gone through the appropriate protocol and is um, breeding appropriately. Again, that will be linked in with the show notes. We did cover quite a bit today. Um, I hope you learned a thing or two as well, Rachel. Yes, I learned a lot. <laughs> But of course, you know, animals, anything with live animals and animal keeping is continuing education. Um, if anyone does have a question, um, specifically hedgehog specific, that was not covered in today's episode, please do reach out to me or another breeder in your area and hopefully we can get these questions answered for you. We'll link Peter's exotic creations in the show notes as well, since we obviously know Peter is a fantastic resource. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and please never, ever feel burdened um, like you're, you know, burdening us with questions. I love talking about hedgies, obviously. So any opportunity I get to educate is a privilege to me. And that way, you know, when you guys learn hedgy information and hedgy knowledge, you can pass that down the line. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And we will see you next week for another wonderful episode. Alrighty. And if anybody has any delightful hedgehog stories or questions, comments, or any other fun content for the podcast, please feel free to reach out and email us at allforanimalspodcast at gmail.com. And... I totally forgot to tell you, Peter, we have an, a website now. Oh, really? Yes, we have a website now, and it is allforanimalspodcast.com. Oh. It's currently partially under construction, but I can at least direct people there. <laughs> nice. There you go. That's sweet. Well, thank you, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.